You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Well, how many of you are where you want to be in God? Raise your hand. Good. No hands here. Glory to God. I'm never satisfied. I'm always thankful and always grateful, but never be satisfied because he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power, according to his word and his spirit that works in us. And God is always wanting to bring us up to a higher level. He doesn't want us to stay the same. So I wanna, I've got some things to share with you tonight to help you remove your mind. Uh, some of you know my testimony. I was a drug dealer and a drug addict, a hopeless, helpless case, until I come, came in contact supernaturally uh, with Jesus through the Word of God. I got instantly delivered. I got instantly healed. I got instantly restored. I'd been a, a child of God when I was 12 or 13, but uh, until I was 30 years old, I, I, I lived a horrendous life in and out of the penitentiary, but in July 6, 1983, this old boy got set free. Woo! And I've been set free ever since, and I don't ever intend on going back there. But, you know, um, at that point in my life, man, I, I knew that I was set free. I knew I was healed. I knew I was restored back to being a child of God. And, and, uh, um, Thank God. You know, each and every one of us, if we go around the room, I'm sure everybody's got a testimony. Maybe not like that, but God has done something in our lives to get us to this point. But you know, God has put the ball in our court. After we get saved, there's something that we have to do. And one part of that, you're here tonight. You know, I was so hungry, I was going to every service at my church, and then I was going to two other churches. I got a hold of God's, uh, Charles Capsule book, God's Creative Power, and I took my gospels like I was supposed to. But see, because when I got born again, you know, 2 Corinthians, I, as a matter of fact, I quote everything out of the New King James unless I say otherwise. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creep. No, he's a new creature. We're not old sinners. We, we, were, we are not old sinners. We're old sinners saved by grace. Amen. But when we get born again, we're new creatures. And the Bible says old things are passed away. Passed away, that means they're gone. Amen. I knew when I, when I got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, I knew that all that junk was gone. I knew that all that stuff that I had entangled myself with it was off of me. But I knew the next step was mine to take. I had to do something. I was spiritually right with God. But I, my mind was goofed up and my body wanted to continue to do the things I always did. You know, because when you get born again, you're a new creature. But you've got an unrenewed mind and an uncontrolled flesh or uncontrolled body. And if, see, because your spirit man 
When you get saved, you're alive under God and you want to do everything that God wants you to do. Maybe he wants you to get up early in the morning and pray or get up early in the morning and worship or stay up late at night and pray or stay up late at night and worship. But you got this unrenewed mind and an uncontrolled flesh working together against your spirit man that wants to do everything God wants you to do, but you got two members working against one. So in order to advance in the things of God, in order to have God's best, you got to get your spirit man and a renewed mind. And then when your flesh that doesn't want to get up and pray or doesn't want to stay up and pray or doesn't want to come to church, doesn't want to get involved in the things of God, and he starts talking, then these two factors, the renewed mind and the born again spirit says, shut up, sit down, or shut up and get in line. Can you see that? See, these two working together, the unrenewed mind and the uncontrolled flesh will always keep us baby Christians, sucking our thumb, always have to run to the pastor to get the pastor to help us get out of trouble. And that's good, that's why God sent them here. But there comes a time, you know, if you got a 13 year old and he's pooping his pants, something wrong with that kid, amen? When we're two or three years old in the Lord and we're still pooping in our pants, there's something wrong with us. God doesn't want us to be that way. In other words, and then we need to take a step further. See, you come to church and you get filled up with the Word of God. You get filled with the Holy Spirit and then you go out those doors into your mission field and get other people saved, healed, filled, and bring them in here and the process starts all over again. And maybe even go to the Bible school. Come on, thank you for your enthusiasm. Maybe even go to the Bible school. You know, spiritually, naturally speaking, we most of us eat two or three meals a day, right? I mean, we're probably going to eat something tonight after the service. But what if we fed our spirit like that? I mean, what if we... Uh, spiritually, we, we need more than just... One meal a week. I want to show you this. We're three-part being. We are a spirit. We live in a body. And we possess a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord. So here we see spirit, soul, and body. The born again spirit, he wants to do everything God wants him to do, but he's got to get his mind hooked up with his spirit, with the word of God, in order to tell the flesh, no, we're not doing that anymore. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. Same thing, we're looking at spirit, soul, and body. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the vision of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. What's joints and marrow? That's our body. So once again, we see spirit, soul, and body. It was a little reversed. Soul, spirit, and joints of marrow, the body. And is discerner of the thoughts and tents of the heart. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, 
by the mercies of God that you, the born-again man, see, because Paul is preaching to born-again, spirit-filled people here in Romans. Not just born-again people, but born-again, spirit-filled. You know, we all need to be spirit-filled after we get born again. We all need to have the ability to pray in other tongues beyond our intellect because he knows everything about everybody. And we can pray the Word of God, but we, need, we can pray more sufficiently and proficiently when we pray in other tongues. Anyway, he says, you, the spirit man, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes my living sacrifice was to crawl off the altar. <laughs> now, in the Old Testament, they didn't have any problems because they were dead. But let's read on. He says, uh, you, the spirit man, Present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Some translations say spiritual worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You got to renew your mind. I said, you got to renew your mind. I said, you got to renew your mind. He didn't say God would do it. He said, you have to do it. Oh, God, help me, help me, help me do something with my mind. No, he said, you do it. You do something with your mind. By the renewing of the mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. See, our way of thinking has to change. I said, we have to get rid of our stinking thinking. Amen. Or it'll keep us captive. Let's, uh, let me go back and read Romans 2 again. He said, don't be conformed to this world. Philip says, don't let this world squeeze you into its mold. And that's what it'll try to do. You know, all our life, the way we are before we get born again, we've been programmed by this world system. I mean, even well-meaning parents and well-meaning teachers, they're programmed by this world, and that's what we're going to get. But when we get born again, we come into the kingdom of God, and you get planted in a good church like this, and you begin to learn who you are, what you can have, and most of all, what you can do. Things have to change, or you're going to end up sucking your thumb all your life. A baby Christian whining and crying and expecting everybody else to take care of you. But God has given us a way, a means to, to renew our mind so that we can grow up in the things of God and we can not only have everything God wants us to have, but we can help others. Amen. Come on now. See, this is where it's at. For so long, God has taught us faith and we've learned how to get things for ourselves. but let's learn how to take that faith that God has given us and turn it outward to the world and help others because we're the only hope that people have. Come on, brothers and sisters. I said we're the only hope that people ever had. Why do you think God didn't just zap us up into heaven when we got saved? Huh? He left us here on earth between hell and people trying to get there. But we need to know a little bit of something to take it to others. Amen? Well, let me get back to my lesson. So he says, 
be not, uh, and to be transformed. Don't let this world squeeze you in, it, in its, its mold, but be transformed. That word transformed is the Greek word metamorphosis. You know what happens with a moth? A cocoon is, is uh, spun around it. And when it breaks out, it breaks out what? A beautiful butterfly. Well, see, that's what we have to do. We have to garrison our mind, spin that word of God around our mind, and when we break out, we were an old creature, but now we're the new creature, and we break out a child of Almighty God. Bold about it. Well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. (laughs) No, you're not. You were an old sinner and you were saved by grace, but you're the righteousness of God in him now. And you gotta see yourself that way. You gotta look into that perfect law of liberty. You gotta look like James says, look into that mirror and see who God says you are. Come on now. We gotta get off our babyhood stage and go on into maturity and help the pastors. Come on, be involved in the church. When I got saved, man, they couldn't, they couldn't keep me away from church. I said, they couldn't keep me away from church. I got involved. Man, I threw my whole life into it. I mean, I had thrown my whole life into drugs and that crazy way of living. Why not? So he says, don't uh, be transformed by the, renewing, by, uh, by the renewing of your mind. Removing your mind. Removing the mind, the old way of thinking and get into his mind, the mind of Christ. Thinking the way he thinks. Thinking about me the way God thinks about me and thinking about others. Come on now. All those old sinners, you know, God wouldn't have nothing to do with them. Well, then, then why did he send Jesus? Come on. Anyway, why do we need to do that? I'm glad you asked. Let's read the last part of that verse. That you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We start off, we get born again, we're in the good of good will of God, and then we begin to mature a little bit, and we begin to grow us some, and and we come into the acceptable will of God, and then we get mature, and we're in the perfect will of God. I'm always going to be at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people, with the right attitude. Always. Well, how can you say that, Brother Larry? Watch me. I'm going to be at the right place at the right time, doing the right things with the right attitude. See, you've got to tell yourself how it's going to be according to what God said. Seeing yourself doing the things. Mark 16, laying hands on the sick. Come on, brothers and sisters. Laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Casting out devils. I mean, there's a bunch of them out there. And you don't even have to look no more. So when we're born again, if we want to progress, there's a battle. Come on, the devil wants to to keep us babies. He doesn't want us to know who we are, what we can have, what we can do. He doesn't want us to know our responsibility because if he can keep us babies, he'll keep us sucking a bottle all the time. 
and depended on all of our other brothers and sisters, depending on everybody else to do our praying for us. Look at uh, the battle that begins to take place, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 3, we'll start. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons, indicating there's a battle. We have weapons. We have spiritual weapons. He said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not physical. But they're mighty through God. I said they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5, casting down arguments or imaginations or thoughts, casting them down. See, thoughts may come, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's you. And you know what? The devil will speak to you in the first person to make you think that it's you and so that you'll readily accept it. I can't do that. Well, the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, devil. Take that. And you know, if the devil reminds you of what you used to be, remind him of what he's going to be, where he's going. Amen. That'll shut him up for a little bit anyway. Casting down arguments, imaginations, and thoughts, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity all just a few thoughts from now, from every once in a while. Every thought. Every thought. Every thought. And see, it's a process in learning how to do this. He'll come to you and say this and this and this and this. And when you have the word in your heart, in your mind, you can distinguish it's the devil. And you'll say, nope, nope, in Jesus' name, I'm not taking that thought. Philippians 4, 8 says, I'm going to think on things that are good and pure, come on, and true, true, the Word of God is true, and perfect and of good report. I'm not thinking on that stuff. Well, did you see how pastor treated me? Shut up, devil. I'm not going to listen to that junk. I'm going to think on things that are good and pure, pure and perfect. Well, that sister so-and-so, you know, she, that dress she had on was really tight. Shut up, devil. I'm not listening to you. See, I mean, he, he, no one is beyond his reach. Remember Jesus when he was tempted in the garden? Um, and three times. And he said, it's written, it's written, it's written three different times. That's what we got to do. But then if you look at the end of that, it said the devil left him for a more opportune time. So if the devil's not going to leave Jesus alone, hello, we're in the same boat. So if we don't keep our thought, <clears throat> excuse me, if we don't keep our thoughts captive, our thoughts will keep us captive. Let me read the New Passion Translation on 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude 
that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. We insist that those thoughts bow in obedience to the anointed one or to the word of God. We've got to, <clears throat> got to be diligent. Could I get some water? We've got to be diligent concerning our thought life. Thanks for letting me take a break. I heard a story about how they train elephants. They take a baby elephant and they take a very strong chain and they bind it to one of the little elephant's legs and then they put a very strong stake in the ground. And this little elephant, he'll pull and pull and pull and pull and after a while he comes to believe and he comes to see that he can't get loose. He's bound and he knows he's bound. Just as soon as he pulls on that chain and gets just a little bit of resistance in his mind, I'm bound. I can't get free. And when the elephant begins to grow, they just take a strong rope and they do the same thing. They put it on his leg and they put a stob in the ground and he could easily break that rope, even when he gets mature, but when he tugs a little bit and he feels that resistance on his leg, then in his mind, he's still bound. And that's the way many Christians are. They're bound with old ways and old habits and things that we used to do, but until we begin to renew our mind and get our mind working together with our spirit man, then and only then can we control this flesh that wants to do anything it's ever done before. If it feels good, do it. You know, that was my theme song before I was born again. But he, we've got to be free of those things. So how do we do that? Well, I know you were gonna ask this question, so let's look. Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law or the word of God shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, you got to keep it in your mouth. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I said you got to keep it in your mouth. Keep the word of God in your mouth. See, because when the word of God is coming out of your mouth verbally, not, you're not just thinking these things, it's coming out of your mouth. It's, it's building faith in your heart and it's renewing your mind at the same time. Keep it in your mouth. Talk out loud. You know, I wonder why, you ever heard that saying, crazy people talk to themselves? Huh? Wonder where that came from. The devil trying to shut us up and keep from us talking what the Word of God says because he knows he, he doesn't have any control over us when we begin to get our mind renewed. Amen? Amen. He said, it shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it when you feel like it. 
when it's an opportune time. When everything is going good. When? When? Day and night, night and day. Day and night, night and day. Somebody wrote a song about that. But anyway, probably wasn't a Christian song. Why would we want to do that? That we may observe to do it. Come on now. Meditation gives us the ability to be a doer of the word. And James says it's the doer of the word that is blessed in his deeds. Be a doer and not just a hearer only, deceiving yourself. So if you come to a church like this, it's dangerous. It is. You come and you sit and then you don't do nothing with it, you're going to deceive yourself. But I know I'm not talking to anybody in here. You all are doers of the word or you wouldn't be here on Wednesday night. Amen. He says that you may observe to do according to all that's written. For then God will make your way prosperous. Huh? Yes, God does make us prosperous, but we've got to initiate it. Come on. You will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Of course, it's God that does it, but God has given us the tools to be prosperous, to act right, to act righteous, to do the things that he wants us to do that's written in his word. See, if God didn't want us to know what his will was, we wouldn't have a copy of it. Amen? And these electronic versions, my Lord, I think I got 30 translations on this deal and commentaries and all kind of stuff. It'd take me a suitcase to bring all the books that I've got on this little thing right here. Colossians 3, verse 9 and 10. Do not lie one to another. I used to be a liar. Man, it was easier for me to stand on the ground and tell a lie than it would be to climb up a tree and tell the truth. I think I got that backwards, but anyway. (laughs) Do not lie one to another since you have put off the old man and his deeds. We got to put it off. Oh, God, take this away from me. No, he said, you do it. Come on. He said, you do it. He said, the ball's in your court. And have put on the new man. See, we've got to put off that. When we, when we meditate the word of God, we're putting off the old man and we're putting on the new man. Yes. Come on, I said, we're putting off the old man and we're putting on the new man. Amen. We're getting rid of our stinking thinking and we're taking on the mind of Christ. Yes. Put off, put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image that created him. I heard a story about a man that had two dogs and he fought these dogs. And there was a new guy that came into town and every Saturday night he noticed that they had these dog fights in town. And so this guy was kind of interested and so he went and he began to watch these dog fights. And one night, uh, the, the, there were two different dogs, uh, one dog, was a solid color dog and the other dog had spots. And he noticed that the man that owned the dogs would always win the bets because they would bet on these dogs 
And, and so this man got to know, the, the, the newcomer got to know the man that had the two dogs. And he asked him one day, he says, you know, we're pretty good friends. And I, I'm, I, you may not want to tell me this, but I, I'm just real curious. I'd like to know. I noticed that every time you fight those dogs, you always win. He said, could you tell me the secret? And the man says, whatever dog I feed, feed is the dog that wins. Wow. What dog are you feeding? Huh? Are you feeding your old fleshly ways? Are you feeding the new man? Are you renewing your mind? Are you beginning to take control of the things that used to control you? See, because if we don't keep our minds, our thoughts captive, our thoughts keep us captive. Just like the little elephant, captivated. Can't get out, can't break out of the mold that we used to be in. But we can because God has given us the tools. Amen. So I want to give you a few scriptures. Now these, they're just a very, very few. Like I said, I got a hold of Charles Capps, God's Creative Power. And I began to take the Gospels three times a day. It took me maybe 10 minutes. And after a while, I didn't even need the little book anymore. I had them here and I had them here. But I was still faithful. See, because I mean, tell you, I mean, my mind was messed up, messed up. 13 years of drug abuse and, and the lifestyle that I lived, it took a while. But you know what? It took like six months, maybe nine, and really a good year of going to church and doing some of the things that I've talked about, renewing my mind, taking my gospels, that I began to see myself as God saw me. And I began to be productive. I began to, well, immediately I began to get involved in the church and work in the church. You know, because whatever you sow, that shall you also reap. You know, maybe some of you have problems in your job and you're not where you should be in your job. Well, work in the church. Get involved in the church and you're sowing seeds for your future. And God will open the door. Many doors for you. See, because you never can outgive God with your finances, with your, with, your, uh, with your time. And it's just always good to be involved in the things of God. If you want to grow. Now, if you're not interested in growing, then uh, you probably wouldn't be in a church like this. But anyway, I've already read this, but we're going to talk about righteousness. See, because I had a real bad problem with, with all the stuff that I used to be involved in and the devil would haunt me with those things and bring those old thoughts, old pictures. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've probably done this as well. Um, you'd be someplace and hear a rock song or whatever kind of music you used to be involved in. Man, that would put me right back to that place that I used to be and thoughts and, and situations I used to be involved in. But I started renewing my mind with the Word of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, we've already looked at it, but let's look at it again. 
Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Verse 21, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. So I'd say, Father, I thank you that I'm a new creature, that all things are passed away. So you say this in the first person. I said, you say it in the first person because that's, that's, you want to see yourself this way. I'm a new creature and the old has passed away. It's gone and I'm not ever going back there. You know, let the Holy Ghost help you with these confessions. I'm not ever going back there. I, you freed me and I'm never going back there. And you were made to be sin for me that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. I like to say it like this. Jesus became everything I was. He took my sin, your sin, and so that I could be everything he is. Woo! Boy, if that don't turn your crank, I don't know what will. Because he told me I could lay hands on the sick. John 14, 12. He said, if you believe on me, the works I do, you, you can, uh, you'll do greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. Woo! I'm telling you. Man, I, I used to think drugs was really cool. And I loved that feeling that the drugs gave me. But I'm telling you, it, it doesn't nowhere match when you get somebody saved. You know enough of the word of God to get them saved. And then you take a little step further and you lay hands on them and you see cancer or growth or whatever. You see a leg grow out or arm grow out. Woo! Or you get filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and then you just grab them by the arm and make them come to church. Start doing the works. I said, start doing the works because you know you're righteous. You're in right standing with God and the devil can't take that away from you. And you tell him that. You know, the, the, let's go to Romans chapter five. This is talking about Adam and Jesus. Romans five nineteen. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Adam sinned and it brought sin on the whole human race. But then also by one man's obedience, talking about Jesus, many were made righteous. I'm made righteous. Jesus made me righteous. It's not on my works. It's not on anything I did. It's because he did it and I'm gonna accept it and I'm gonna see myself that way and the devil's not gonna keep me beaten down and I'm not, I don't ever think of myself as being a sinner ever again. And if I do miss it, 1 John 1, 9, glory be to God. Colossians 1, 12. Colossians 1.12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. He's qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. And he has delivered us from the power of darkness. Devil don't have no hold on me no more. I said, the devil doesn't have any hold on me anymore and he's sitting on you. And conveyed us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. So I said, Father, I thank you that I'm qualified. You qualified me. 
You qualified me, Lord, and I'm going to step into that place by faith. I'm renewing my mind and I see myself as qualified, Lord. I've been delivered from the power of darkness and I'm never going back there. I'm never going back there. I said, I'm never going back there. Wow. See, it's growing up. God doesn't want us to be babies. If he wanted us to be babies, we wouldn't have the Bible, we wouldn't have the Holy Spirit, and we wouldn't have good churches and good pastors. I heard a story concerning righteousness. There's this man, he's walking through the graveyard one night, and he looks over, and there's a big old hole down here. And there's a couple guys down in the hole down there and it's muddy and it's dirty and, and he's, he's kind of muddy and dirty himself and they holler down to him and he says hey buddy come down here and help us for a few minutes so he looks at them they're muddy dirty stinky he's muddy dirty stinky well he may not be muddy yet but he's going to be anyway so he just jumps down in there but you take that same scenario of a guy that believes he's righteous. So if this same guy, he's just come from a wedding and he's got a white suit on and he is strutting, buddy. He's going through that graveyard and all of a sudden he hears, hey! And he looks down into that hole and there's two old dirty stinky guys down that hole and they say, hey, come down here and help us. And he looks down there at them, he looks at himself and he says, no, thank you, I think I'll pass. <laughs> see, if we see ourselves as righteous, we won't be tempted to sin. We won't be tempted to be drawn back into that place that Jesus delivered us out of. <laughs> Colossians chapter seven. Man, we need peace in these days, don't we? I mean, there's so much stuff going on, but we have peace, amen. Colossians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which passes all, how much is all? All, all, all understanding will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. So I say, I have the peace of God. I have it. I'm not gonna have it. I'm not gonna get it one of these days. I have it, I have it right now because God gave it to me and it passes all understanding and keeps my heart and mind. See, once again, the spirit man and the mind and the flesh wants to rise up and do what it used to do and, and no way, buddy. We're not having that stuff anymore. Amen? Colossians 3, 5. 15, 3, 15. Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you also called in one body and be thankful. I let it rule in my heart. I let the peace of God rule in my heart and not only in my heart, in my mind. I'm not going to be confused. I'm not going to be fearful. I'm going to have the peace of God ruling in my heart in Jesus' name. I, I got something I, I believe I need to deal with right here and don't want to embarrass anybody and I'm not going to call you out. So could I just have everybody just to close their eyes just a moment? Now I'm speaking to the person that's been tormented in their mind, in their thoughts. 
And I'm going to just ask you to raise your hand up real quick and then I'm going to speak to it and nobody's going to know that I was talking to you. Okay, I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else before I let it? I see that hand. Okay, everybody can look up now. So, Father, in Jesus' name, everyone that raised their hand, I speak to those tormenting spirits that's been harassing them, that's been assigned to them, and I break their power right now in the name of Jesus. I declare you free in Jesus' name. No more, devil, you lying spirit that has tried to attach itself to their minds. Fear, you have no place in them. I break your power now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, you just need to do some of the things I've been talking about. Find you some scriptures on freedom. And there's power in the name. Nope, 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 nope. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear. I don't have a spirit of fear, but I have a spirit of power and love and of sound mind. I mean, if you have to say that a thousand times, say it a thousand times. Amen. Amen. So, let's look at some guidance here. Everybody needs guidance. You know, thank God we got good pastors and they can confirm if God tells us something. Let me just say this. You know, we were pastors for 18 years and we would have people come to us and they'd say, Pastor, I believe God told me to do this, this, and this. And right here on the inside are what they said. I just knew. Oh man, that ain't, that's not God. But see, they bound me. I couldn't say anything because if I told them different, then I'm telling them they're wrong or God's wrong. So if, if you want some guidance from your pastors, you can do this. You can say, pastors, I believe God's saying this, this, and this. What do you think about it? Say, I believe. Don't say God said. Say, I believe. And then that'll be an open door for them to speak into your lives. Amen. A word to the wise is sufficient. So anyway, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord. And once again, I put this in first person. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own and understand all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So I say, Father, I thank you that I trust in you with all of my heart and all my ways acknowledge you and you direct my path. You direct my path, Father. I'm so thankful because I'm trusting in you. I'm relying on you. You said you would direct my path. And then Psalms 119, 105. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thank you, Father. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word is shining bright right out in front of me, and I'm just following it. My footsteps are ordered of you, Lord. I'm following you, and you're leading and guiding me. See, you got to say these things in order to have these things. And when you're saying these things, you're renewing your mind. See, because if you're saying, well, I just don't know what to do, guess what? You won't know what to do. Even if you don't know what to do, don't say it. Come on, you call things that be not as though they are. That's the life of faith. Call into existence that which God has said. 
Romans 4, 8, excuse me, Romans 8, 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 16, the Spirit of Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Father, I thank you that I am led by your Spirit because I'm your child. I'm led by you. I, I hear your voice. You're showing me what to do. You bear witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. Now that's the most important thing that you know that you're a child of God. So if that's the most important thing and he will bear witness with your spirit about that, he'll bear witness with your spirit about all the small stuff too. But you're saying it. You're training your mind to think that way. I mean, catastrophe comes. No, uh-uh, no, no. You know, sometimes you have to get loud with the devil. He's a little deaf sometimes. And he's persistent. Come on, like I said, if he, if he was gonna come back to another time and tempt Jesus again, hello, And then John 14, 26. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're my helper. You're teaching me all things and you're bringing all things to my remembrance. All things. You're bringing it to my remembrance. But you know, first of all, you have to read it so he can bring it to your remembrance. Hello. I said, first of all, you have to read it. You have to get it in here and here before it's got something to work with. If you got a blank sheet of paper, you can only bring a blank sheet of paper to you. Oh, my goodness. What time is it? Could you bear with me uh, about five more minutes? How many give me five more minutes? Whoa, I got about 45 minutes then. Uh, Ephesians, and you all know these. You know, I'm probably just reminding you things of, of what you've been hearing all these years. Ephesians 117. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is hope of his calling, riches of, riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Father, I thank you that you're the Father of glory. Hallelujah. Man, you, you could take time and worship on that one. that you give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, Lord, that the eyes of my understanding are flooded with light. The eyes of my understanding are enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of my calling and what is the riches. Whoo, I like that part. What is the riches of the inheritance in the saints? See, get it down in here so you can say it. Put it on paper first. Amen? Write these things out. Like I, like I said that Charles Capps, and the pastor's got a good book with probably a lot or most all this stuff in it too. Scriptures to meditate on, to get rid of your stinking thinking. Amen. And I'll close with this one. Colossians 1.19. And you know, there's, I mean, we, I could spend about three hours on giving you stuff to meditate on, but if you've got an area that's weak in your life, find some scriptures 
Get another brother or sister to help you find some scriptures. Get a good reference Bible. Find some scriptures and just get you two or three. You don't have to have the whole Bible. Just get you two or three and get to meditating on them, saying them over and over and over and over until you get them on the inside of you. Colossians 1.9, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, we cease not to to pray for you and to ask that you'd be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful. I said being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Filled with the knowledge of your will. Father, I'm so thankful that I'm filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I'm filled I'm filled. I'm filled to overflowing that I may walk worthy. You know, one day we're going to stand before Jesus and we're going to have to give an account. I know you're probably like me. You want to look over your shoulder and see a multitude of people that came to Jesus because you did what God asked you to do. That's the greatest reward. And the greatest reward for us ministers. We hope you're inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to CWOL.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.